Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you are encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from Pastor Kevin Miller. Well, um, today was a day, today is a day that uh, we've been thinking about and praying about for a long time, and um, we've got some news to share with you uh, that, that has to do with Jen and I and the future of Awaken that um, we believe so confidently God has, has led us to this place, and uh, we're, we're exciting, excited and anticipating uh, what the future holds, and I do want to just say to anybody who, uh, it's your first time here today, this isn't a normal Sunday, so I'll, I'll prep you with that, but uh, come back next week, and it's going to be even better. Um, back in March, Jen and I, February, March this year, Jen and I had an opportunity to take uh, a trip to Israel. This is our second time in Israel, and uh, being in Israel has 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 changed our lives. Uh, we went for the first time in 2016 and then got to go back with our home church in, in New Mexico and, um, in 2020. And it, it was amazing. And at the end of our trip, March of this year, right before coronavirus wrecked everything, um, we felt stirred by the Holy Spirit to begin praying about something past Awaken in Clarksville. And that was a unique thing for us because we moved here 11 and a half years ago with the full intent that this is always where we would be. Um, our, our thought had always been that Awaken is not, is not a stepping stone. Clarksville is not a stepping stone to anything else. Uh, this is where God has brought us. And our thought was always that we're going to build our family and build the ministry through Awaken and, and expand through Clarksville. And so it felt really foreign to pray for anything beyond that. But we, uh, we just started praying. And so we spent a few months praying about that. And um, it was uh, kind of end of May, beginning of June, that we, some things started to kind of come into focus. And we started sensing the Holy Spirit telling us that our, our time at Awaken, our assignment at Awaken, was coming to a close. And that was a foreign, unexpected thought for us. It wasn't something that we, we, we planned for. If you know anything about Jen and I, you know we're pioneers. Um, God wired us to be excited about starting something. But this was not us asking God for a new adventure. Uh, this is the best. My opinion, I know 2020 is crazy. In my opinion, this is the best season that Awaken has ever been in. Our, our finance, I got to tell you, our finances right now are stronger than they've ever been in the history of the church. You guys have so faithfully given through, through this crazy time. The staff here is amazing. Um, I mean, there's so much upheaval in 2020 and yet stability that God has brought here at Awaken. And so this was not Jen and I asking God for a new thing. This was us following the leading of the Spirit to pray in a way that we didn't expect. And so as we prayed, God began to bring some things into focus. And it increasingly began the, the first message that we just, we kept receiving from the Lord over and over for months was that our assignment at Awaken was coming to a close. And um, so we decided, you know, this isn't something that we, we felt 
it was yet time for us to bring up to anybody here in Clarksville. And so we decided we're going to go back to Albuquerque where we have our pastor and some mentors and just kind of explore this thing that's on our hearts together with them. And, and so that's what we did. We scheduled a trip for July. Coronavirus pushed it back a month. We went in August. All that extended time gave us a lot more time to pray and do a lot of fasting and I assure you, th- this feeling that we were sensing was something we were trying to shake the whole time, because we love it here, and uh, we love all of you, and, and we, this isn't something we were asking God for, but something that we were obediently praying. And so we did a lot of pray- praying and fasting. We went to Albuquerque, and in some ways that only God could set up. There were some conversations that we had and some things that took place in Albuquerque where the second part to what God was trying to tell us started to come into focus. Not only was our time at Awaken coming to a close, but we increasingly began to sense that God wanted us to go back to Albuquerque for something. And that was also a unique thought for us because we we had never planned on going back to Albuquerque. We love Albuquerque. We love so, ma- so many of the, the people that, that are there. Uh, we have family and friends there. The food, the green chili, we love that. Um, we love a lot of, of Albuquerque, but it was just never our plan to go back there. But it became increasingly clear to the point that we had a couple conversations in Albuquerque. And I remember me telling Jen, I had to, after this one conversation that I had in Albuquerque, I told Jen about it, and she just like went quiet, and she looked at me, and she goes, are we moving to Albuquerque? <laughs> and I was like, it kind of seems like maybe we're moving to Albuquerque. I don't know. Let's, we're going to keep praying about this. So our pastor and our mentors out there in Albuquerque told us, listen, we don't know the future, but we know you're doing the right thing. God is obviously moving in your hearts. You need to keep praying. You need to, you're, you're inviting trusted voices into this. Stay at it. So we got back End of August, kids started school. I called my board of directors. One thing um, that I'm so grateful for over the years is God has always brought an amazing team of leaders around me. So I have a board of directors that um, serves you guys behind the scenes by helping me make big decisions. Um, I lean on these guys. They're seasoned men in ministry that I lean on, especially for big decisions like this. And so I called them and had some different conversations with them, and we celebrated the 11th birthday in September, and we just really kind of felt like God told us this is going to be the last birthday that you celebrate with Awaken. And um, so I I called a board meeting. I felt like it was important for my board to hear from Jen and I, and so we we got together with the board. And the board, basically, the consensus of, of of my board was, hey, we're for you, we're for Awaken, And we are for whatever God is doing on your heart. And so as God leads you, you have to step. You can't drag your feet on this. And so that really set set things into motion. And the conversation really started to pick up about who is going to replace me here. We we actively started praying about this. We had for a while, but we really, really buckled down on this. And Jen and I had the opportunity at the beginning of October to fly to D.C. for the Franklin Graham Prayer March. We, we joined about 100,000 people in the National Mall and prayed for our nation. 
God again in his sovereignty led us to some God-ordained conversations. And uh, we left that trip and on the plane home as I just was listening to some worship music and praying and journaling, God told me very clear one word, Kevin, surrender. told me, Kevin, it's always been my church. He told me, Kevin, there wasn't a human search committee that called you to be the pastor of Awaken. I called you. So you don't need to form another search committee to find the next pastor. I've got him. Trust me. So I was like, but I love awaken, God. I, <laughs> all right. And I surrendered. And I feel like that was a turning point. Some conversations quickly began to pick up, and some things that I thought were going to happen didn't. And I came in that following Thursday to have a conversation with, with Nate. Nate and Jen have been with us from the very beginning, and we had told them a couple weeks prior, this is on our hearts, and I came in for my normal Thursday meeting with Nate, and as we conversed, it became apparent to both of us that without us knowing, God had been preparing Nate and Jen for this new season. And so we spent the next couple weeks praying about this. I had a, a, a final board meeting. Um, we prayed, uh, the board voted to approve Nate as your next lead pastor. I'm going to bring them up in just a moment. We voted, um, to, uh, share a timeline of, of our Departure. This is not us quitting. This is us launching. So we agreed November 1st. Today would be uh, the official announcement of this and uh, that Nate and I will alternate teaching weekends through the end of the year. And come January, Nate, Nate Wittick will be the, the new lead pastor of Awaken, which I'm, I, I'm so, so excited for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to remain on the board of directors for at least the first year. Nate has asked me to, to do that, and um, he asked for my input, and I'm like, I, I need you. I don't know that you need me, but I'll, I'll stick around if you need me to. And So Jen and I were committed to just say, all right, God, here's the church. Um, we, we heard two things very clearly. Our time at Awaken is coming to a close, and we're to go to Albuquerque, and we don't, we don't know what we're going for. We don't at the time, we were like, we don't have a job, we don't have income, we don't, but we'll go. We, we, we came here the same way, and God's taking care of us, and so I guess we're going back the same way. And again, in a way that only God could do it, an executive-level position on staff at our church in New Mexico just so happened to open up, and I got a phone call from my pastor, and... Um, I was offered a job out there as an executive pastor leading ministries across the church. I've accepted that position. I'll be starting in, in April. 
and uh, we are, Jen and I are deeply saddened and so filled with faith and excitement. And I prayed that God would give me today, us today, the appropriate blend of emotion and stability. Because I didn't want to be up here just a slobbering mess. (laughs) But I also want you to know that this is not us trying to leave. This is us saying, okay, God, we'll go. And we fully trust you with Awakened Church. It's never been our church. We've told you that. You know that. But God is now telling us to to trust him with that. <laughs> um, I'll be all right. Um, yeah, this is so completely bittersweet. Um, we, for the last 11 and a half years, have poured our heart and soul into this place. We haven't done everything right, <laughs> and um, but we've seen God move in some really incredible ways. And it's a joy, it's an honor to serve with you and to have led you for the past almost 12 years. But something that Kevin has taught all of us throughout our time here, three words that he often uses, um, that we need to remain prayerful, faithful and available. And I shared this with the staff yet staff and ministry leaders yesterday, but it's easy to remain prayerful, I think, a lot of the times. It's easy, not easy, but easier to remain faithful. I can keep doing what I'm doing. But remaining available is really difficult because we like to hold on to comfort. For us right now, this is a season of good comfort. Our family is good. Our kids are healthy. They're thriving where they are. The church is thriving. It's an amazing thing to be a part of. But if we follow Jesus, we have to remain available. We have to remain open-handed. We have to be willing to go when he says go. And this isn't just about Kevin and I. This is for everybody. If God tells you to do something, you have to do it. Um, A verse that's just kind of stuck with me throughout our these last especially eight months as we've prayed and tried to figure this whole thing out. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. My prayer for you guys is that you know Jesus so deeply that when he counsels you with his eye, you go. That you follow through with whatever he's asking of you, regardless of how hard it is. And I think the really cool thing about this is, yes, there's, there's, I, I'm getting to the part where there's joy in what's coming for us. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, in all honesty, um, just letting go and, and, and leaving this behind. But you are in such good hands. Because first and foremost, Jesus is over this church. He always has been. He always will be. 
the word of God is taught from this pulpit. No, no matter who stands here, you can rest assured that you're going to hear the word of God, and that's what we need. It won't be perfect. It hasn't been perfect. It never will be. But we follow Jesus, and we stay united. And so I, I'm excited for this next season of the church. We fully 100% believe that the best days of Awaken are coming. And you need to just anchor in and, and know that God has you. He's got Nate and Jen, and the future is so, so bright. That's right. Um, one thing that many of you may be aware of is about three years ago, uh, we began, God led us to begin praying for the old Kmart building, that it would be our future Awaken church building. And a big piece of that was that as Jen and I drove around Kmart for the first time, we found a Bible that I know God planted behind that building for us to read. And we, we found it, and there's only two verses that are legible on the page, and it's the end, the last two verses of Deuteronomy 30. The context is Moses overlooking the promised land, telling the nation of Israel, if you'll obey God, God will give you the promised land. And so we just, the way we interpreted that in the moment was, we're looking at the promised land, and if we'll obey God, he'll give us the land. And we prayed for that place for years. It sold. It's been developed. I'm still praying for it. Until we leave, I pray for that. I told God I, I will. But what's interesting is that the very next chapter in Deuteronomy that I couldn't see, you literally can't read it in the Bible because the pages are all mangled from the rain. We couldn't see it then, and I think God designed it that way because we couldn't understand it three years ago. The very next chapter is Deuteronomy 31, and it's Moses handing over the reins of leadership to Joshua. To put it in our lingo, Joshua was Moses's executive pastor. Moses was the visionary leader. Joshua got the work done. That's been the story of Awakened Church for the last 11 years. I've been called here by God to be the visionary leader, and Nate has been the guy who gets the work done. But we are so honored today to recognize Nate and Jen Wittick as the next future leaders of Awakened Church. Will you put your hands together for them and welcome them? I think I've cried more in the last three days than I have probably in the last three years. So um, I am humbled and honored and excited for what God has in store for us. And I think that um, I just want to say that I'm super grateful <coughs> for the leadership that has been here for the last 11 years. I am so thankful that Kevin has come up here and he has preached the word faithfully to us, has shown us Jesus, and he's lived it out as well. And no better example than what he's doing right now to preach the gospel of Jesus and what a life lived for him is. And I know that this is difficult and I know that it is tough, but I'm excited to see what God has in store for you and for Jen and for the kids. I'm super excited for that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was funny because 
a few, uh, well, back in March, before everything, all the craziness hit, um, Kevin uh, signed me a text, and he said, teach Ruth chapter 3, and um, many of you probably don't even remember it, but it has stuck with me, because it was one of the worst texts that I could get, <laughs> because it was basically Naomi telling Ruth, hey, go to Boaz, and whatever he tells you to do, do it, and it's like, not a great text that we want to give our daughters or ones that we look to to how to get a man. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this text? What is this text teaching me? And ultimately what it taught me was that you're supposed to take leaps of faith, that God is going to ask you to do things in your life. And to be honest, I'm in my comfort zone. There's nothing like running the church and helping get leaders into place and pouring into them that I love doing. And I remember I taught that message on this stage, and I was hoping that we would take great leaps of faith as a church, not thinking of myself and uh, Mindy Sims, if you know who she is. She's our kids' ministry director. And so she looked at me, and she said, Nate, when are you planning a church? And I was like, why are you not in kids' ministry right now (laughs) teaching the kids? (laughs) But there was something that I I said. It was Hebrews 11.6 that it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we're about to, as a church, take a step of faith, because I think that if we all have received Jesus, we want to take great steps of faith because we want to please God. And so here I am taking a great leap of faith. Here are the Millers taking a great leap of faith. We want to show you that walking with God, he's going to ask you to do things. He's going to interrupt your life and call you to do things that you don't really want to do, that you don't feel equipped or called to do. But when he calls you to do it, you better go. That's right. That's right. And so here we go. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I've, I've been a part of building the foundation of this church for 11 years, and we're going to keep going. We're going to keep awakening people who are far from Christ to new life in Christ. We're going to keep telling this city that Jesus is alive. There are a lot of lost and hurting people there that need to know Jesus, and I'm excited to see how God is going to use us to further his kingdom, and to take ground for Jesus. And I'm also excited to say that, you know, even though the Millers will be thousands of miles away, that we are taking ground for Jesus in two different states. And one day, I hope that we will see each other, and we'll be excited to see each other, and we'll say, we made it. And I know that Jesus will say these words to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's right. That's right. There's a lot of emotions, bittersweet, a lot of bitter, a lot of sweet. There's, um, we've never done ministry with anyone else. It's been the Millers and the Wittics since 2009. But I know that God goes before us. He's with us. And it's exciting. Um, One thing you may not know, Nate and I have been praying about what God has had for us. Um, We've just felt this stirring in our hearts for something different. And I guess in our mind, it always looked like maybe we would go out and plant a church someday. And um, we've been praying about it for a couple of years. And just within the last year, just felt the Lord really stirring us like things are coming. Um, I'm going to do something. And this was never something even that even entered our mind. Um, the idea of planting a church sounded really hard, and we'd already done that, and I didn't really want to do it again. <laughs> and then 
the thought of like, well, maybe we would, he would take over a church one day, and um, that might be a little bit easier, different. Uh, but with that usually comes financial scandal, uh, moral scandal. You know, there's, there's issues there. So God is just so good that this is, there's no better option. I, I, I just, I'm so blown away that he has done exceedingly abundantly more than we could have asked or imagined. And we serve such a great God. We're excited yeah. about the future for Awaken, for you guys. Mm. There's something big. I, I don't have any clue. I would like to, I can, I can play movies all day in my head. Oh, it could <laughs> be this and that. Like, but there's something big. God's got big yeah. plans for you guys. Yeah. And um, you'll see it. Yep. He'll do it. So excited for you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that this is your church and we just get to be a part of it. It's never been our church. It's always been yours. It's not the Wittick's church. It's still yours. God, we're grateful. Thank you. Thank you for these words that were shared today. This is not a step of faith just for Jen and I or just for Nate and Jen, but it's for the whole church. It's for all of us, believing that this is your thing. And so, God, we pray you would bring stability, peace, growth, best is yet to come. We believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can you thank God one more time? You guys can have a You stay up. You stay up. I got, I got something I want to share with you, Nate. Um, uh, 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 he wasn't expecting this. Um, September 19th. September 2019, 14 months ago, Nate and Devon and I went on our annual pastor's retreat, and one, the, kind of the main thing we do when we go on that is plan out the next year of teaching and uh, kind of just spend a lot of time in prayer asking God for, for direction for the future. And so we knew in September 2019 that we were going to be, we had planned out this idea to read through the, the New Testament together. And we knew specifically that in starting in August through November, we would be doing this uh, series through the letters of Paul. And um, so I could have, here's what's interesting. I could have told you in September 2019 what would be taught on November 1st, 2020. Of course, I had no idea 14 months ago what God would be doing and how significant this day would be. So if you're not already clear that God has set up the timing of this, you need to know that today, our text that we read today that I'm going to share a few quick words from is 2 Timothy chapter 4, which just so happens to be Paul's, the final chapter of Paul's final letter to Pastor Timothy as he passes the baton of leadership to the next pastor. God set this up. And so Paul closed his final words to Pastor Timothy were a charge. And I believe that not only was it a, t- a charge from Paul to Timothy, but today it's a charge from me to Nate. 2 Timothy 4. Nate, this is for you. I charge you. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. 
who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time's coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Love you, bro. Now I'm supposed to teach a message. I got like five minutes. Can you roll with me? Second Timothy chapter four. This is a charge from Paul to Timothy. I've shared it with you today as a charge from me to Nate. But here's a third, I believe, application of this text. It's a charge from God to us. Title of this real quick message is The End is the Beginning. Listen. Transition in God's church does not stop the forward movement. It propels it. And a vacancy in leadership is just a new opportunity in leadership. So Paul charged Timothy, now I charge you. Three quick things. Would you write these down? Number one, let God's presence be your anchor. We live in an ever-changing world. And thankfully, we serve the never-changing God. Amen? Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 4 is a reminder that there is a standard by which we will be judged. And because of that, our conduct matters. Our obedience to God matters. We could sum up 2 Timothy 4.1 as Paul charges Timothy, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and his appearing in his kingdom, we could be reminded that God is present, Jesus is alive, and heaven and hell are real. And because of that, how we live matters. Listen, people who who don't know Jesus need to know Jesus. And people who know Jesus need to know Jesus more. Jesus is alive. Heaven and hell are real. So let God's presence be your anchor in the greatest times of upheaval. Here's my second charge to you. Number two, let God's word be your focus. Paul's final words to Timothy could have been anything. So I find it really interesting that he gives nine commands in two verses all centered around God's word and God's calling on Timothy's life. Nine commands. Verse 2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. Verse 5, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. The pastor's job is to preach the word. 
meaning that the Christian's job is to study the Word. Come on, church. It has never been my job to make sure you're fed. That is your job. As you grow in your relationship with God, listen, if if you're a brand new Christian, we'll spoon feed you for a little while. But the expectation is that you would grow in your own relationship with God. And the day's coming where I'm not going to be here to spoon feed you. And it's not Pastor Nate's job to make sure that you're spoon fed. But as we grow, the pastor's job is to preach the word and the Christian's job is to study the word. And, and Paul specifically says, preach the word. Not, not the, the pastor's job is not to preach his opinions or tell stories or preach political agendas. It's to preach the word. And that means the Christian's job is to study the word, not just a podcast, not a nice devotional, but to actually crack open this book that is alive and active. And when you get in it, it gets in you. Study the Word, not just some ideas, not just your theological slant. Preach, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Paul tells him to do it in season and out of season, meaning when it's easy and when it's difficult, when it's natural and when it's unnatural. And so the same, the the charge is there for us as well. We don't deny our feelings our emotions, but we also don't let them determine our time in God's will or our response to it. Jen and I are walking that out right now. The Miller family is walking this out right now. If we let our emotions drive, I promise you, we'd be in that seat until we die. But we, don't, we, we feel a lot, but our emotions don't, don't lead us. And so in season and out of season, let God's word be your focus. Here's my third charge for you. Would you write this down? Let God's calling be your desire. Jen and I have talked about this for months now, really for years, but especially since God's been leading us to pray in this way over this this year. We've just said, We are not trying to build a life of comfort. We are trying to build a life of obedience. And obedience is often uncomfortable. And so Paul's charge to Timothy in verse 5, I believe is a charge to us as well. Be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill whose ministry? Your ministry. Nobody else's. Paul had a unique calling. Timothy had a unique calling. I have a unique calling. Pastor Nate has a unique calling. You have a unique calling. And and verse 1 is a reminder to us that Jesus will judge us based on our lives. And the day's coming when you will not be held accountable for how I lived my life. And I will not be held accountable for how you lived your life. You fulfill your ministry. I'm going to do my best to fulfill my ministry, but you fulfill yours. This is why obedience matters. Our sober-minded, pain-enduring obedience matters 
because Jesus is alive and heaven and hell are real. And God has called you to fulfill your ministry. So, this text, 2 Timothy 4, is the passing of the baton in leadership. And today, in front of you, you've witnessed the passing of the baton in ministry and leadership. But I called this message, The End is the Beginning. Because the end of one season doesn't end God's movement. Come on. This is God's church. It's been doing real good for thousands of years before we rolled onto the scene, right? And we're just honored, all of us, we're just honored that we got to play any kind of part in it. We're not, none of us are deserving of anything. God just called us and, and, and we're here. And Jesus, no matter what leader comes and goes, Jesus stays the same. Can we be thankful for that today? Jesus stays the same. God's movement goes forward because it's always been his movement. And because it's God's movement, we can say, no matter how great it's been, we can say with confidence, not in a cliche way, but in faith, that the best is yet to come. That we're going to see God do something even greater in the years to come. You believe that, church? God's so good, isn't he? My whole desire in life has been to be the servant in Luke 17.10. That when the master finally comes, the servant says, hey, I'm an unworthy servant. I have just done what was my duty. God doesn't owe me anything. God doesn't owe you anything. What an honor to be a part of what God is doing. Amen? Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.